It's time for Heatwave Sports. Sit back and relax as you take a tour around the world of sports each and every Saturday and Sunday night. And now, your hosts for Heatwave Sports, Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton. Las Vegas, welcome. It's Saturday night. It is Heatwave Sports. I am Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com. For the next two hours, we're going to go over the world of sports. We have so much to talk about. I mean, this is the time of year where it really, really amps up. You can argue, and I often have, that October is the most fun month on the entire sports calendar. We have Major League Baseball playoffs. The NHL is beginning. College football is gearing up. NFL, obviously, just absolutely rolling on. Uh, Major League Baseball playoffs is kind of where we're going to start today. But I have to tell you, we are going to get into everything. We're going to get into Miami with just the biggest blunder that you can see. Notre Dame goes down. Obviously, uh, we have a lot of NFL. And NFL, I'm going to devote hour number two. Maybe I'll touch an hour number one. But the entire hour number two is going to be devoted to the NFL like we always do, including our best bets, which are absolutely crushing it, guys. Through four weeks, I am 3-1, top of the leaderboard. But look, if you're listening in, you know Chris Wynn has been absolutely on fire two weeks in a row. No doubters there, and Timmy Teaser is back in action. None of us, including some of the listeners out there, a uh, shout-out to VSmack out there, who's, who's also 3-1. There's not one listener that has given us their picks And none of the hosts have a losing record. None of us, right? So we're going to try to build on that today with our best bets in hour number two. But hour number one, I will get into college football. I will definitely devote plenty of time to college football. But I got to open up the show and I have to really start talking about Major League Baseball and what we saw today. Before I do that, though, I want to give you scoring updates. We have two games currently going on, about seven minutes to go. Oregon State has now jumped out to a pretty big lead. 17-point lead, 49-32 to over Cal. Uh, they were a, about a 7.5-point favorite. So there was, a, there was a little moment there right around the halftime that you're a little concerned, but Oregon turned it up in the second half. Speaking about being a little nervous, USC has a 21-20 lead with three minutes left in the third. USC got down in this game 17-0, has now stormed back. Arizona's playing well, though. They really are. Caleb Williams had four completions before the half. I mean, this was a weird game to watch. It was a weird game to sort of be a part of. Um, For anybody that bet it, yeah, this was a three-touchdown favorite that is hanging on by the skin of their teeth at 21-20. We'll give you an update there on the 5-0 USC Trojans at home. So let's get into um, Major League Baseball first, though, as we wait for these games to end. What we just witnessed is where I'm starting it, and that's Clayton Kershaw. The L.A. Dodgers get absolutely smoked at home, 11-2 over the Diamondbacks. It's not necessarily the final score. It's the way that it happened. Clayton Kershaw with the shortest outing of his career, 0.1 innings, six earned runs. The Dodgers were out of this before they even began. Before they even started the day, the Dodgers were out of this. But it's not only Kershaw who I'll go into in a moment. Uh, Look, Mookie Betts, who a lot of people think is going to win the MVP, you know, zero hits today. Freddie Freeman might be right up there. No hits today. You know, you can go through the lineup. Max Muncy, 0 for 4. Uh, You go look at all the strikeouts. 
Jason Hayward, 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. They didn't touch the ball. I mean, they 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 just looked lost. And it is demoralizing, obviously, before you take an at-bat, you're down 6 nothing in the playoffs at home. But this was a terrible showing. And all we keep seeing is that Arizona just keeps building momentum. Arizona is the team that, you know, is that young team that maybe they don't realize how good they are. This is a huge win for Arizona. Jump out on top like that. Corbin Carroll went deep. Merrill Kelly with a good start. In a game where they were looking at game number two and saying, maybe that's the game we could steal. Because we have the potential Cy Young Award winner, Zach Gallon going up against Bobby Miller, a rookie there. Yeah. So now they're up 1-0. They're so almost playing with house money going into game two. This is an interesting one. I did, however, want to talk about Clayton Kershaw. And I want to get your take here, guys. 876-1340. Hit me up at Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. I wanted to get your take because I can admit when I'm wrong. I can admit when it's time to sort of throw in the towel. In sports talk, and I've mentioned this a few times over the the couple decades that we've been together here. Um, One of the things that you have to be able to do in all things in life, but specifically in sports talk radio, is you have to be able to change your opinion with new information. It's the crazy sports talk hosts that dig in and they want clicks that kind of just dig into their opinion. And no matter what happens, this is the opinion I'm going to die on. If you made a wrong choice in the draft and you picked a wrong guy or you think that, and then all of a sudden the guy's a superstar or he's a bust or whatever the situation, and you still kind of go down with the ship. It's a pride thing. It's a guy thing. Let's be honest. And it certainly is a sports talk thing. I am not that guy. When new information arises, you have to be able to adjust. That's why I'm successful as a sports handicapper. That's why TomBartonSports.com has been where it is. You don't get into these positions. Well, this is just the way it is. No, no. So my opinion tonight on Clayton Kershaw has finally been switched. I have said for a very long time, and I have defended Clayton Kershaw to the hilt for a very long time, that while Clayton Kershaw does have a sketchy playoff history, I still believe that it shouldn't tarnish his reputation all that much. I still believe that, you know what, if you go back and you look game by game, which I have, I've got done extensively on the air. If you go back and you look at Clayton Kershaw game by game, he's not a terrible postseason pitcher. He has big blow-up games, and then he has, has good games. I mean, that's really what you look at. And you look at Clayton Kershaw, he, most of the damage was done sort of against the Cardinals. Um, uh, you know, you look at what he has done overall, It's not all that terrible. It really isn't. uh, You you can certainly wish for more from somebody like him. But coming into today's game, you know, 13 and 12, he's got a winning record. 4.49 ERA, don't like. But okay, you you look at that's 39 appearances. It's not terrible. He's got big blowups, but it's not terrible, right? Um, You look at what he's done in the regular season. Sure, it's not Clayton Kershaw-like at all. Figure it's about 200 innings is what he's done coming into here. He had pitched well, okay, in certain spots. In the World Series, the World Series with the garbage cans that he got robbed, that was Clayton Kershaw's shining moment. It was his moment to step up, show the world what he can be on the big stage, and kind of reverse the track that Clayton Kershaw can't win and get the big one and he fails in the playoffs. Well, he stepped up, albeit with garbage cans, Right? Two starts, 11 innings, 2.31 ERA, 14 strikeouts. Um, he was he was fantastic. He was fantastic. But then you go back and you have 
the 2014 postseason that is on everyone's mind. 2014 postseason, he had a 7.82 ERA in two starts. Two other postseasons, he had over a six ERA, 2009-2019. He was 7.11 ERA. So he does have good and he does have bad coming into this, okay? In the World Series, he does have a winning record. Seven and six, about four and a half ERA. League Championship Series, a winning record. 14 and 10, almost a five ERA though. Divisional Series, 16 and four, 14, 4.68 ERA. And then wild card round, he always did generally well. He's got one uh, appearance, and he did well in it. So you look at him, and you go, there are there are things that you could pick out. And I, it's the argument that I've made for years, where Clayton Kershaw isn't Clayton Kershaw, uh, but he, he's not as bad as people made him out to be. I am off of that ship. And, and I think that this might be the last time we've ever seen Clayton Kershaw in a Dodger uniform pitching. Bob Costas kind of uh, alluded to it during the broadcast. And I do believe, not as an excuse, but as a reality, Clayton Kershaw can't stay healthy. I think Clayton Kershaw was injured. We all know he was injured the last couple of starts. We all know that there was an opportunity here for Clayton Kershaw to kind of step up and throw away the injury tag. Yeah, but he wasn't. He wasn't healthy. I don't care what Dave Roberts had to say. I don't care what this team had to say. Clayton Kershaw clearly wasn't healthy. But I'm not making excuses. You have to go by the numbers. This was abysmal. This now sets Clayton Kershaw to basically a five ERA in the postseason in his 200 plus innings in his career. That's that's real bad, guys. Clayton Kershaw, I have said for a very long time, to me, the greatest pitchers I ever saw, and, and I started watching baseball in the mid 80s, right? About 83, 84. Greatest pitchers I've ever seen. Roger Clemens. Greg Maddox, Nolan Ryan, Clayton Kershaw. Those are my four. And yeah, I intentionally left out Pedro. I th- I don't think he comes within these guys, okay? Those are my four. Clemens, because of the uh, steroid use, I always knock him down, although I think he was amazing before that. Okay, so I have argued, long argued, Clayton Kershaw might be the best pitcher I've ever seen because I didn't really see the entirety of Nolan Ryan's career. So can we start to talk about Clayton Kershaw in that light? That's always been the conversation. But you can't because of the postseason. You can't. I'm still on the on the idea that Clayton Kershaw might be the best regular season pitcher I've ever seen, but I have to start I still have to start quantitating that and saying regular season. What happened tonight, the injuries, the way that his career has become uh just a, a an epitome of, of just consistently injured, not able to perform, playoff baseball. My wife is not really a baseball fan, walks into the room. She looks at the screen. She sees 6 nothing, and she said, oh, wow, I thought the Dodgers were good this year. I said, no, they're, they're really good this year. She said, who was pitching? I said, Kershaw. She goes, oh, yeah, it's the playoffs. He stinks, right? That's the narrative. That's now the narrative of Clayton Kershaw. We cannot argue it. Clayton Kershaw, when you hear the name, now it is not greatest regular season of the, the greatest regular season pitcher of this generation. It's not greatest pitcher of this generation. It's not let's talk about Clayton Kershaw as a top 10 all time. No, no, no. While you might be able to argue all that, that's not what people think. First thing people think right off the bat, Clayton Kershaw, playoff failure. And there's not a lot of time to turn this around. 
You know, Barry Bonds was a playoff disaster until he started taking steroids, guys. Okay? Barry Bonds was a, a disaster in the playoffs with the Pirates. But he was able to turn it around. He had some help, but he, he was able to turn it around. You can change the narrative eventually. But some narratives just stick. Some narratives are just to, this is who this guy is. Clayton Kershaw, now, with postseason almost laughable numbers, postseason laughable mistakes, is is his legacy. It's a hard thing for me to say. Clayton Kershaw, one of the top five favorite non-Yankee players I've ever had. I've had, I had the pleasure of broadcasting. Look, I did it in Las Vegas. I did the post-game show for three years. Uh, when Clayton, Clayton Kershaw was just fantastic watching him game in and game out. It's just... It's a pleasure, but I think this is it, and I think it should be it. Now, I often hope that we could get a little bit more. I want to see greatness continue. I never think that somebody should walk away, but Clayton Kershaw, this might be the end, and it's not the end because of this game. It's the end because I don't like to see a guy limping to the finish line. He had a good regular season, marred with injuries, but he had a good regular season, but this is limping to the finish line. This is Clayton Kershaw dragging his team down. And I can't believe I said that about Clayton Kershaw, but he did. And if the Los Angeles Dodgers do not move on in this series and they do not fulfill their World Series championship, guess who they're going to blame? They're going to blame Kershaw. Because game two is Miller. He's a young kid. Look, if they lose that game, like I said, Freeman's not hitting, Betts is not hitting, sure. But if they lose that game, you're not blaming Miller. Now you're down 0-2. You go on the road. You're going to go, well, we went on the road oh, down 0-2. And all the blame is going to go back to the man who's been just a phenomenal Los Angeles Dodger and Clayton Kershaw. And I don't want to see that. Because if it, if it continues to go in the space, Clayton Kershaw go in the Cy Young next year. It will not matter until we're back in this position 365 days from today where Clayton Kershaw is starting a playoff game. And he can only tarnish his legacy. Because if he goes out there and he throws eight innings of one-run ball, people are going to go, oh, all of a sudden, Clayton Kershaw is a good uh, postseason pitcher? No. I, I think watching the greatness fade away this quickly, watching the greatness in this manner kind of fall apart, it's hard for us to watch as fans. It's a difficult thing to sit back and experience the greatness of Clayton Kershaw just fall apart in front of our eyes. But I think that it's time to stop watching that. I believe it's time to stop watching Clayton Kershaw do that. As for the big picture here, the Los Angeles Dodgers, I'm not going to call them done. You know, Zach Gallen's a good pitcher, but Zach Gallen's not unbeatable by any stretch of the imagination. Zach Gallen will be going Monday against Bobby Miller. It's still in L.A., I know Miller doesn't uh, exude that much confidence, but look, Zach Gallon. you look at this year, yeah, he might win the Cy Young, but look, early, way early, okay? We're talking way, way, way early, but early in the season, at LA, four innings, five earned runs, okay? That means they can hit him. Now, again, that was a long time ago. How much are we using that? But he just faced them on the 28th of August in LA, five innings, six earned runs. So that's to say that the Dodgers offense, which just didn't show up tonight, the Dodgers offense, which was just completely out of sorts and out of sync and couldn't do anything, they could get to Zach Allen. 
So I'm not throwing the, the towel in for Los Angeles here. I think runs are going to be scored on Monday. I think it might come down to the bullpen on Monday. And it kind of becomes a coin flip. But I'm not telling you that LA season is finished. What I am saying is that all of a sudden, Monday becomes a must win. All of a sudden, Monday becomes, here we go. As for Arizona, Arizona isn't in a must-win spot. Obviously, they stole one here. But in a, in a way, I think that they really do have to win that game because of the gallon factor. After that, things get real dicey. Things get real dicey for Arizona going into deeper into the rotation. So where we sit today, I'm not going against the Dodgers, but I can certainly see a world where LA has, by the way, owned Arizona. LA has hit Arizona. LA coming into this game had crushed Arizona. In the last two series, they outscored them 30 to 9. Things have all changed. Every perception's different. Everything's completely changed in LA. And you have to understand that there is a fear now in LA. Arizona's playing with house money, man. They just beat Kershaw at home. They don't beat Kershaw at home. They beat the mighty Dodgers who have had their number. You don't do that. And now you're going, we're following a limping Clayton Kershaw to the finish line. Put us behind the ball, eight ball, zero games to one. We're staring down a day off to think about this all. A day off to get ready for the potential Cy Young award winner in Zach Gallon. There's nobody else at Arizona wants on the mound. And you guys are throwing a rookie. Dodger fans, this is a rough situation. It's a rough situation to watch Kershaw. It's a rough situation to watch Betts and Freeman do what they did or not do what they did and to be staring down at Zach Gallen. Doesn't mean I'm throwing in the towel for the Dodgers, but it doesn't look good. All right, guys, a couple of scoring updates in college football. Oregon State wins a late touchdown, gets it a little closer than they wanted, but 52 to 40, 52 points for the Oregon State Beavers, who now moved to 5-1. and one. They were 15th coming into here, uh, so I don't think they're quite a top-10 team, but they're not far out. The Pac-12 is absolutely dangerous, 52-40 to 40 there. And USC just tacked on a touchdown. Uh, they're going for the extra point now, so it's 27-20 pending the extra point. Just under 13 minutes to go against Arizona, who was hung in here. And I'm not saying that they're dead. USC's defense is not there, that good this year. Let's take a quick time out here, guys. When we get back, I'm going to talk about the Orioles, what they've done to themselves. Are the Astros back? And man, is anybody, has anyone in the history of sports lived up to the hype more than Bryce Harper? We're going to talk about Bryce Harper in Philadelphia. All after this, right here on Heatwave Sports. And now back to Heatwave Sports. Here's Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back. Heat Wave Sports. Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com. Talking a little Major League Baseball playoffs, getting ready for hour number two. is going to be all NFL all the time. We will touch on college football. Uh, no scores in the break. Uh, nothing to talk about over in that USC game. Still 28-20, to 20, uh, 12 minutes to go or something like that, uh, right around there, with Arizona has got the ball. So we'll come back with that. Let's continue with Major League Baseball. Uh, it wasn't just the Clayton Kershaw show. Has there been another superstar in, in any sport? And I'm honestly asking you guys. Hit me up at Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. Let me know. Has there been another superstar in the history of sports that have been so elevated at such a young age and not only lived up to, but surpassed the hype of Bryce Harper? Bryce Harper and the Philadelphia Phillies go into the Braves, go into Atlanta, into the Braves house, into the chop house, 
and win 3-0. The unbeatable Braves, the Braves that absolutely were winning the World Series, the unbeatable Braves, the team that could not go down, well, they go down 3-0. Bryce Harper with a big home run there, too. And you start to go, wait a minute. Have the Braves been shut out this year? No, not really. No. The, the entire offense. The offense full of already put him in the Hall of Fame. The offense full of like five guys getting MVP votes. I mean, the offense that was absolutely on fire in every way, shape, and form was shut down by Philadelphia. And oh, by the way, not a Philly ace, guys. Right? I mean, it's not like... like Zach Wheeler went out there and did this. It's not like Aaron Nola went out there and did this. No, no, no. Suarez went three. Hoffman went one. Dominguez went one. Alvarado went one. Keckering went one. Stram went one. Kimbrell went one. This was their bullpen game. Against Spencer Strider, who very well might win the Cy Young. Right? I mean, he, he's, he's probably the odds-on favorite right now to win the Cy Young in the National League. The Cy Young favorite went head-to-head with a bullpen game. And the bullpen game of Philadelphia was up against the best offense since, like, the 27 Yankees. What are we talking about? Are you kidding me? And they shut him out. Philly totally shut him down. Atlanta had five hits in the game. Atlanta made two errors in the game. They looked terrible. I don't want to hear about the catcher's interference. You, you, you got zero runs. The Braves, who are they? What were they? Where, where were they? I, what was going on there? I want to heap all the all the applause that I can onto Harper and Philly because they did a tremendous job here, okay? What Philadelphia did tonight cannot be understated. Bullpen game on the road against the unbeatable of beatable teams and the manner that they did it, goose egg next to the Braves. With Olsen and Acuna. Right? Uh, and, and, and Albies. And Michael Harris and Sean Murphy. Oh, yeah. How'd they do tonight? How did Ronald Acuna, you know, the guy that is a shoo-in. Shoo-in. For, uh, not only the MVP, but people talking about one of the greatest seasons ever. 0 for 3. Strikeout. Two guys left on base. How about Matt Olson and his 54 home runs this year? One hit and four at-bats, two guys left on base. A lot of guys left on base, huh? By your big sluggers. Philadelphia is just that team that just clicks at the right time. Great play by Trey Turner. And, and you know, look, moving forward, I told you not to worry if you're the Dodgers. Well, well worry if you're, Phil, if you're the Braves. Because Philly's for real. And the way that they got this done, you know, they're going to have to wait until Monday to come back, which is good. The way that they got this done, they got this done, guys, with a bullpen game. Now you have Wheeler. It's similar to starting your ace in game two, like the D-backs are. You now have Zach Wheeler starting game two against Max Freed. Max Freed looks okay, but Max Freed's a a five-inning pitcher, six-inning maybe. You got your ace. And then you go back to, uh, on Wednesday, you got Nola. I know Nola hasn't been great this year, but you have Nola against a young kid, against a rookie. Oh, by the way, that rookie gave up um, 13 runs in his last 14 innings. How are you not super excited if you're Philadelphia? 
Forget about this offense. Who cares about the offense? They can't do anything. The offense can't do anything. They couldn't do a thing tonight. If you're Philly, you're psyched. I, I mean, if you're Philly, you're looking at this and you're going, this is this is beyond. I, I think that they were looking at this game. And no team will do this. So don't jump on me, all you, the, the people that are going to play me tomorrow morning or Monday morning and uh, as a soundbite. But Philly almost looked at this as, as a gimme game. All right, you know what? We're going to lose this one, but we're set up after that. On the road, got a bullpen game. Uh, I would say, basically, you know, this is how they looked at it. The D-backs didn't look at it like that because they had Merrill Kelly, who was their number two. This is a bullpen game. The Braves did nothing. Braves and the Dodgers offense tonight do nothing. I don't care about pitching. I don't care about, you know, interference or Kershaw's blow up. No, 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 no. Uh, Braves, Braves and Dodgers both did nothing, but the Braves is, is just more eye-popping. If this wasn't Clayton Kershaw imploding, the conversation of all baseball minds out there tonight and tomorrow would be what happened to the Braves. Because it should be. And like I said, I wanted to start off giving all the heap of praise that I could to, to Bryce Harper because of what he's done, what this Phillies team has done. But it, it's impossible for me to overlook what the Braves have not done. The Braves crashed and burned. Plain and simple. Just absolutely terrible. What about the other two games over in the American League? Rangers take down the Orioles in Baltimore. I like the Orioles today. I thought that they they had Kyle Bradish on the on the mound, who's been very very effective, and he was again. Uh, Bradish was perfectly fine. But I spoke to Tim, who, as we know, is a Baltimore Orioles fan. He said, "Man, I didn't want to play Texas." I said, "Well, you got the better bullpen." I I just he was afraid of Texas. Now, Bradish gave up a lot of hits today, right? Seven hits in, in less than five innings. Struck out nine. But he got out of there with two runs. What imploded for Baltimore? Their bullpen. Gave up the key run. Texas, meanwhile, you want to talk about a bullpen game. Wasn't supposed to be, but yeah, it worked out. Heaney, Dunning, Smith, Shorts, Chapman, LeClerc. They didn't give up a hit. I, I, I mean, really, <laughs> they gave up one hit in the final four innings of that game. And you can start to look at this and say, you can start to see holes in the Baltimore Orioles while they had a tremendous regular season record, and they certainly did. Their team is very young, and young helps out at times. You don't know what you're supposed to not know, right? But the Baltimore Orioles also lost their star closer. They never had an ace. And that, I thought, was going to come back to bite them eventually. They never had an ace. They lost their star closer. Their hitting was could be tight because they were close. And that's what happened tonight. There is no reason. Look, losing a game isn't the end of the world. Losing a game even at home isn't the end of the world. Especially against a Rangers team isn't the end of the world. But there's no reason that the Baltimore Orioles offense should have looked like this. It wasn't like some guy was mowing him down and just got in his own. Right? It, it wasn't like, well, wait a minute. You know what? All of a sudden, uh, there, there was weather issues or there was... The, no, 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 no. This is a team implosion of just... They could not get anything done. And you wonder how that's going to carry over. You have to wonder to yourself... Is that going to quickly carry over for a young team coming right back tomorrow afternoon, back at home, facing a tough lefty in Montgomery who has been absolutely on fire? 
against a guy who was in AAA over the summer. And Grayson Rodriguez. Now, you could argue that Rodriguez is their ace. I think Timmy would. Uh, but this is a tough road. As far as the Rangers go, great road win. And it, it's great not only because you get the win, it's great because your bullpen got you the win. And it's the one big blemish for the Texas Rangers. Well, what's standing between the Texas Rangers right now in a World Series is their bullpen. Tonight, they stepped up. And just about everybody stepped up in that bullpen, which is big. Got a little playoff experience. Here you go. Got a little taste of the playoffs with the Rangers uniform in 2023. Here you go. And you got a little success with it. The other American League game, Astros beat the Twins 6-4. Astros at home are just tough. I mean, is it back to being the same old Astros? Maybe not. But a lot of those things look the same tonight. A lot of that looked the same to me. Throw Alvarez a middle in, middle up fastball. Well, it's going to go over. Right? It's going out. The Twins had a nice job getting out of that first round. I thought that they were up against it today. I I think that they have to rely upon their starting pitching. They threw Bailey O'Bear, who was announced hours before game time. He went three innings. Seeing a trend, right, in this round of the playoffs, three inning pitchers. He went three innings. Maida couldn't do anything. It gave up five runs in the first five innings, and then it, it, it was downhill from there. As far as Houston goes, we, we we worry a little bit about their starting pitching. Will they have the depth? Will they have the success? But I don't think anybody's worried about Verlander, and he did what Verlander does, six innings, no earned runs. Now, Nariz came in and tried to ruin it for him. Gave up four to him runs, uh, but they held on. Held on for the win. The one thing I would say about the Twins is you know that brighter days are ahead. You know, Sonny Gray still on tap. You don't have to worry about that. You you know how good Sonny Gray has been this year. Uh, and then tomorrow, you got Pablo Lopez. Pablo Lopez looked real good in game one. And you come back with a guy that you went out there in the offseason and said he's going to be our ace. Now, Sonny Gray turned into it, but he's your number two. You feel good about that. As for the Astros, hey, we're doing what we always do. We're a playoff-ready team. We are a playoff-built team. We are at home. We are going to rely upon... You know, our guys that do the job. Alvarez with a big fly. Verlander, uh, six shutout innings. Uh, give me any year in the last, like, five years. This is what we have. This is the formula. Big fly, take advantage, win at home, rely on Verlander. That's it. I mean, that, that's the Astro strategy. And it's worked. It's given them rings. I mean, there's no garbage cans, but it, it, it has worked to perfection. So you're happy if you're the Astros, but I don't think you're so down. You know, I, I wouldn't be that down if I was the Twins. I wouldn't be that down um, if I was the Orioles. I think both of them ca- have have silver linings. I'd be very, very, very nervous if I was the Braves. The way things shake out for Philly, whew, Braves got to be nervous. And the way things that shake out for the Dodgers, it's nervous time. I'm not saying you throw it away, okay? I'm not telling you that that it's... it's uh, Kind of all over but the crying, but it's nervous time. All right, guys, real quick, let me give you a scoring update before we go to the break. Come back. We will talk about college football on the other side of the break. Eight minutes to go in the fourth. Arizona marches right down the field, scored a touchdown, two-point conversion. It is 28-28 at the Coliseum. Eight minutes to go. USC has the ball. We will absolutely keep you abreast of everything that happens in this one right after this right here on heat wave sports now back to heat wave sports with tom barton 
All right, guys, welcome back. Heat Wave Sports. Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com here. Uh, USC's punting. They are punting the ball back to Arizona. They had just punted the ball, I should say, back to Arizona. So 28-28 Arizona-USC at the Coliseum. 5-0 USC, ranked USC. Arizona, who has more upsets as an unranked team against ranked teams uh, in the last uh, 20 years than anybody else. National TV game. Here we go. Arizona Arizona has the ball with six minutes to go. And you want to talk about Caleb Williams, Mr. Everything, right? Great, Greatest thing since sliced bread. Nine of 18 tonight. 151 yards. Huh? Eh? Eh? <laughs> right? Eh, it's not that I have anything against Caleb Williams. It's that I don't think we should have generational quarterbacks every two years. I'm just saying. Generation means something. So, all right. I'll keep you abreast to that information. Let's go just just real quick through a couple of things that happened today. First and foremost, I I just want to throw out this Miami situation. Um, Mario Cristobal should be fired tomorrow. If he wakes up tomorrow with a job, it is a gross negligence job by the Miami University, uh, you know, whoever, donors and everything else. They, They should be picketing on the lawn. For those that don't realize, this is ridiculous, okay? Absolutely ridiculous. Miami led the game with 36 seconds to go, 20 to 17. Georgia Tech had zero timeouts. If Miami would have knelt the ball, just take a knee on third and fourth down, clock stops, game over, right? Nice and easy. We've seen it a million times. All right, game's over. Everybody kind of thought that the game was over. Miami, three-point lead, okay, three-point win, game over. Instead, Mario Cristobal, for nobody knows why, and there's a, I, there's no reason for this. Runs the ball up the middle. The Miami running back fumbles the ball. Georgia Tech recovers, goes 76 yards, and a touchdown, and took the win. Miami now, their national title hopes are dashed. Sorry, you are. National title is over. Undefeated season is over. I, this hurts the ACC. This hurts my brain to think about. It hurt my eyes to watch. This was a disaster. I mean, this is a, a straight-out disaster today. If you have not seen this, I, I mean, I don't know how much more just absolutely obvious I can be that this was a complete and utter train wreck of a call. I can argue, or I probably would, this is the worst call I've ever seen in 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 football. I don't know if I've ever seen a worse call in football. No, no, I'm not saying like, you know, in college or this. No, no, no. Ever. Ever, ever. In the history of football, this might be the worst call I've ever seen. Kneel the ball twice, you win the game. They decided not to. Uh, Quick look at the board here. Oklahoma, Red River rivalry, because we can't say shootout anymore. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Oklahoma 34-30 wins in a shootout. How about that? Can I say that? The Red River between Oklahoma and Texas ends in a shootout. Oklahoma wins 34-30, knocks off number three, Texas. Oklahoma kind of had control of this game a while here, and I spoke about it on my sports garden show. You guys go check that and um, believe in betting on the Believe Podcast Network. And I spoke about this and said, I think Oklahoma is, is being very, very underrated I do like Ewers. I like what Texas is doing. And I thought Texas could do big things. But this is a a tough Oklahoma team. And they showed it today. 
Ohio State, no problem over Maryland, 37-17. LSU, eh, they're having a struggle of a time, but they did score 22 fourth-quarter points to win 49-39, avoid falling outside of the top 25. UCLA knocks off number 13, Washington State, 25-17. That should presumably knock Washington State, who was number 13 in the country, down pretty far. Florida State, number five in the country, 39-17 over VTech, no problems there. Alabama struggled all day. Alabama's having all kinds of problems. Alabama is struggling all, all over the field, but Alabama wins this game 26-20 uh, against Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. North Carolina keeps rolling right along. Here we go. Everyone's looking at Caleb Williams, and everyone's staring at Caleb Williams and talking about Caleb Williams and Sanders and Knicks and all these guys. Drake May puts up 40 against a good Syracuse team. North Carolina goes to 5-0. Drake May, 442 yards and three touchdowns. North Carolina, 5-0, 14th ranked team in the country with what I consider the best quarterback in the country. And Drake May right now. Georgia, they're not having a lot of question marks. I question, should they be number one? Well, they just dismantled Kentucky. 51-13, an absolute disaster. 51-13, they, they, they just destroyed them. They, they absolutely destroyed them. Uh, Bowers, by the way, um... 24th career receiving touchdown, passes A.J. Green, seven catches, 132 in a touchdown. Watch out for him next year in the NFL. Uh, just absolutely watch out. Give you a quick uh, update here in Arizona. It was four or third and nine. We had a scramble for 15 yards, nine yards, and then another seven. Now, all of a sudden, Arizona is into USC territory with 447 to go. Continue to go down the list here. Michigan dismantles Minnesota 52 to 10. Uh, look, this is, they, they, there's just nothing more to say than Michigan's defense is just suffocating. You look at 52 points, you go, McCarthy, the starting quarterback for Michigan, it, 52 points, the starting quarterback threw for 219 in a touchdown. They're starting running back, nine carries, 69 yards in a touchdown. Leading receiver for Michigan, three catches, 86 yards. They put up 52. That's defense, folks. Ole Miss, 27-20 over Arkansas. Notre Dame drops one to Louisville in a game where Louisville... Guys, Louisville's number 25-ranked team in the country. Nobody's paying attention to them. Louisville dominated this game. Dominated. If you watch the game, I, I, Notre Dame was just dismantled in this game. 26 points in the second half, 16 in the fourth quarter for Louisville. Notre Dame drops their second game in the year. So they, they this is a team that shouldn't be in the top 20. Louisville has got to skyrocket up. I mentioned the Miami game, so they'll at least pass them. Wyoming beats Fresno State, number 24 Fresno State in Wyoming. A real good game here, 24 to 19. Uh, ends the second longest winning streak in the nation at 14 games by Fresno State. Wyoming goes to 5-1. and one. And Oregon State, we talked about at the top, they won 52 to 40. The conversation... Um, uh, Real quick about Colorado, I wanted to mention, just, just real fast. There's a reason why this is the most unlikable team in the country. This is a reason why nobody likes what they're seeing in him. Uh, and Shadair Santos, after a win against a team that, I mean, they should have won against, they were favorites against, uh, runs to the student section showing off his watch and all the antics as if the last two weeks and the last two beatdowns didn't mean anything. Okay, it is what it is. I, I, I guess I have to mention Colorado. Uh, if that's what you want. But we still have to start to have a little bit of a question here about how is this all going to shake out? Look, we know the Ohio, Michigan, Penn State situation kind of will shake itself out. But suddenly with Texas going down, are we in another position like Oklahoma State years ago where 
all of a sudden we're looking at this and we're saying that Oklahoma State's on the outside. Because the SEC is going to give you one, okay? They're going to give you Georgia or whoever they're going to put in there. They'll squeeze an SEC team in. The Big Ten's going to give you at least one. Michigan, Ohio State winner, uh, maybe a Penn State, but they're going to give you at least one. Pac-12 is dynamic this year. Next week, Oregon, Washington will be great. They're going to give you one this year, Pac-12. And Florida State might be the best team in the country right now. Florida State's going to give you one. That leaves Oklahoma, who had a huge win against Texas today, might be left out of this thing. And you can say, Tom, it's going to shake out. Don't worry. It might shake out. You're right. It very well might. But you look at who's in front of these teams. Florida State, they have two more big games. Miami, are we kidding, after today? And Duke. Florida State should win those games. Florida State should be in the playoff. Oh, by the way, here we go. Lining up for the attempt in Arizona. I know I can't call play-by-play legally on the air, so I'll just say. Lining up for the attempt in Arizona in a 28-28 game. 50-yard field goal attempt is no good. Arizona misses, and it's no good. So here we go, guys. 28-28 at home, 5-0 staring him in the face. Caleb Williams is going to get the ball back against a team that they were 21-point favorites against to try to get a late win. He's got two minutes and eight seconds to move down the field to get them in field goal range. I'm saying this before time, okay? If you are the number one, if you're the greatest of all time, and that's what I'm hearing, oh, greatest prospect, better than Luck, better than Elway, this is what we're hearing. You go down the the, the field with ease here. With ease. He's got to go down the field with ease, make us forget that this was a struggle game, get them in field goal range, pop the field goal, game over. That's what Caleb Williams has to do now. Arizona is in this game. Arizona's playing tough. Arizona's playing real good, okay? Uh, but they've also given up a 17-point win uh, lead here. They've been outscored 28-11. It doesn't matter. You're staring at Caleb Williams got 208 left. I can tell you this. The guys that I've watched in college that I think that were better prospects um, uh, than Caleb Williams, I thought Trevor Lawrence was a better prospect. You give Trevor Lawrence 208 at home against an unranked team, he's going down the field and winning this game. I thought Andrew Luck was a better prospect. You give Andrew Luck 208 at home. He's going against an unranked opponent. He's going down the field. He's winning this game. John Elway. Same thing. 208 at home. He's going down the field. He's winning this game. Here we go, Caleb Williams. It's on you. I'll keep you guys up to date with that. Uh, real quick, final thoughts on, on, on college football is, is it's time to start getting into that area, right? We're five games in, six games in, depending on who you are. Uh, you're more than half the season in. It's time to start getting the question of who's going to be left out. They will not leave the, the SEC out, guys. And they will not leave the Big Big Ten out. So that leaves Pac-12, ACC, Big 12. Like it always is. One of those teams are going to be left out. If Florida State drops a game to Duke, or Florida State drops a game to this pathetic Miami team, they could be the team that goes home. If Oklahoma drops another game, it could be them. But the Pac-12 could also knock the knock each other off. And we could be watching a spot here. Oh, look, USC might eliminate themselves right now. USC might eliminate themselves right now. And that's just reality. So as good as the Pac-12 has been all year, because of this Oklahoma win, all of a sudden, this is a different game. 
I, I think Oklahoma is going to be ranked behind the top five. I think Oklahoma is going to be ranked behind the top four, I should say. Going to be ranked, uh, you know, right about five. Arizona, uh, they're in Arizona territory. USC busts it into Arizona territory. They ran the ball on first down, which was weird. Uh, got a, a nothing. Caleb Williams just passed to Taj Washington, 26 yards. Arizona, 41-yard line, first down, about a minute and a half to go. So Caleb Williams, look, I called you out. Said, get you in field goal range. I don't think they're quite there, but it looks like they're about there. Caleb Williams, that's all you had to do is make one or two key passes, get your team uh, in position to kick the game-winning field goal, and I think that it's very possible he just did that. It seems very likely that Caleb Williams just did that. Moved down the field, looked as good as we have seen anybody look, uh, because he's looked all night. And uh, yeah, that makes a little bit of sense. Another little quick pass for six yards. They're just inching it up now. They're they're going to go for this last, this last second field goal. Second and four, uh, Arizona thirty-five yard line. About fifty seconds to go. So look, they're going to they're going to move it up. They're going to squeak it up little by little by little. Caleb Williams, don't do too much. I know your talent. We all know how what a superstar you are. There's no reason to. There's no reason to get crazy in this spot. You, you, as they say, matriculate down the field. Give your field goal kicker an opportunity to win this with no time left on the clock. Because the way that things have been going today, <laughs> right, in college football, and the way that things really have been going for USC and, and falling Arizona's way all day, you don't want to give Arizona any time to come down the field. There's no reason for it, right? And, and that's exactly what they're going to do. They just ran for a first down. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd, a little five-yard run. First down there on Arizona, 30-yard line, about 40 seconds to go. I expect two runs, bleed this clock down to about nothing, and then you're going to kick a field goal. And the the USC kicker, you know, in college, I like to be inside 40 yards to feel safe. In the NFL, I like to be inside 50, you know. Um, that's kind of where I like to be. This is not really a chip shot field goal at this moment. I, I expect them to kind of dig a little bit for deeper. They, they want they want a chip shot. They want an extra point here. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd, and here it is. Marshawn Lloyd runs 24 yards. He's down to the six-yard line. So in a spot that we all knew they were going to run, in a spot that everybody listening to my voice knew that they were going to run, anybody in the stadium knew they were going to run, they ran it right down their throat right to the six-yard line. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's a chip shot field goal. Caleb Williams did what I asked him to do. Move your team down the field. Two minutes to go is plenty of time. A couple timeouts, no big deal. Move him down the field. Kick the field goal. End the game. I mean, that's just the way it is. And and, and he just threw a pass into the end zone. Uh, might as well, yeah, if you want, want to put the cherry on top, that's fine. And you trust a guy like Williams in this spot to sit back and kind of put that cherry on top. You trust him to throw it in the end zone. He's not going to be, make a bad pass. You trust that he's going to be able to kind of hold the ball and control the ball and, you know, kind of put the dagger in their heart and, without making a mistake. And I, I don't think he will. Look, we, they don't have Mario Cristobal back there. <laughs> Mario Cristobal might 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 be, uh, you know, punting at this point. Who knows what kind of decisions would be going through his head. So it does look like Arizona, uh, USC is going to hold on. Arizona Valiant effort. You know, I mean, valiant effort by Arizona. You can't take anything away from them. But it does look like USC most likely is going to hold on. Um, they are 
going to line up, and, and they're going to go to six and zero. Oh. And here we go. The Pac twelve starts to get real interesting with whoever wins the Washington Oregon game next week. The loser effectively is eliminated. The winner will go to six and zero, oh, and you're looking at that head to head matchup. When are they going to take on USC? And it's going to be all about whether it be Oregon and Bo Nix or Penix and uh, Washington taking on USC and Caleb Williams. That's going to be the buildup. But they still got to kick this uh, field goal here, guys. I'm going to take a quick timeout. On the other side of the break, hour number two is all NFL all the time. I'll come back. I'll give you a final here. And then we're going to get into a lot of NFL action. All that and more right after this right here on Heat Wave Sports. 